It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every single episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in because it's great to be able to help you. Now, today I am chatting with a UK-based small uh, retail who has been through quite an interesting experience over the last 18 months. Traditionally, their business was predominantly wholesale, so selling to other retailers and also doing gift fairs. Now they have made the switch and the commitment to e-commerce. And Julie's going to be talking us through how they went about doing that. And They might be a small e-commerce business, but Julie's experience has been in the pharmaceutical world, working for big retailers. And the way she's gone about repositioning the business and changing how they operate is something we can all learn from. And and as we were going through it, I was seeing lots of parallels to what I'm up to at the moment as well. So lots and lots of great advice coming up in this episode. Before we get into that, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Clavio will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Helium 10 has all the tools you need to run your business in one place. No more downloading multiple apps or paying for different software. And I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash master plan. That's H-E-L-I-U-M-1-0 dot com slash master plan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Julie Macken is the deputy queen bee of Neves Bees, a family business turning the produce of their beehives into totally natural skincare. Founded back in 2017, they've had an interesting last 12 months where they've switched to e-commerce selling, going from just 10,000 to 50,000 in annual online sales. Hello, Julie. Hi, Chloe. Great to have you here. I am very much looking forward to how your last 12 months has gone and and how you've achieved what you've achieved, because um, it sounds just from that headline, it sounds like it's been quite interesting. But before we get into all of that, how did you get into the world of of Neve's Bees and e-commerce? So we started the business, Neve and I, she's my daughter, as, as you said, about four years ago. And we started it really because Neve had the idea that she wanted to keep bees and we were playing around really making some lotions and potions with our skin, with our beeswax and various other oils and essential oils and butters and 
And we gave them to a few family members and they really liked them. Consequently to that as well, we were trying to find some natural skincare because Neve gets eczema and we really couldn't find anything that didn't contain water on it. And I'm really into the whole water-free skincare uh, revolution that's going on at the moment. So we thought, well, you know what, let's just make our own stuff. And then we got invited to a little fair, little market thing. Um, with the beekeepers. And so we took some of our lip balms there and they sold out. And we were like, oh, okay, well, that's <laughs> quite good then. Um, we then entered a competition. So Blenheim Palace here had a new business competition and the prize was a listing in their shop and a stall at their Christmas market. Anyway, we won that's it. That's quite the prize. It was a really nice prize and we got loads yeah. of local coverage and it was fab. The butters, it kind of... Having not really thought too hard about a business plan, we were sort of catapulted into the world of retail and the world of markets. So we, we trudged along and, hey, this is great. We've got a business here. I hadn't really thought too much <laughs> about it. And before COVID, I guess we were probably a third, a third, a third. So a third selling through these sort of country fair. We were at Country File, um, Blenheim Christmas Market, you know, those kind of markets. Mm -hmm. A third through retail, uh, and then a third online. And I've had a career in um, marketing. I worked for Unilever and GSK and sort of always had agencies to do stuff. So I was kind of curious about e-commerce, but didn't really, didn't really know all that much about it, really. Um, and I hope some of your listeners might find our story inspiring because you can go from really not knowing very much and not being terribly tech-savvy to actually you know, now having a successful online business. So the beginning of COVID, like March last year, we had loads of uh, markets lined up. We were, we just set up on our website, uh, contact us if you want to have a trade uh, account with us piece. And that was sort of going to plan. Mm -hmm. And then whenever it was that Boris announced that we couldn't do it anymore, <laughs> we were like, ah, okay, <laughs> our business has just pretty much decimated. Well, yeah, no, and I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, you say the sales were a third events, a third retail, a third e-commerce. I'm guessing that about 90% of your time and effort was put into the events and the wholesaling to retailers and the e-commerce was just something nice that happened. You're absolutely right. I mean, we did have um, a website that people could buy off, but it was really, really straightforward. Um, it had our story and then it was, if you want to shop, you can find the products here sort of thing. Yeah, you're right. It was kind of a bit of an afterthought. I mean, the, the but there is, uh, of course, we were making a lot more profit from online sales because those markets are blooming expensive and the retailers take at least 50, if not 60% of the margin. So, you know, we it, it sounds silly really, but winning that competition at Blenheim was was great, but it was probably, you know, there were some downsides of it. Um, so actually, the, the COVID, we nearly shut down and we just thought, Ugh, you know, how, how on earth are we going to do this? But we get such good feedback from our customers and we really enjoy running the business. We thought, okay, <laughs> you know what? We can do this. It's a really, all our products are easily postable. They don't break. You know, they're fairly robust. They're lightweight. They fit through a letterbox. So, we were just like, you know what, we can do this. So we sat down and just thought, okay, what do we need to do? We clearly need to get people at the beginning of the funnel, you know, getting people aware of us. Once we've got them on our website, we need to keep them on our website. 
we then need to be able to contact them and get back to them. And we need to get some thing, some reason that they want to purchase from us. So we went through the classic, um, what is it, awareness, interest, desire, action, recommendation, customer funnel journey and thought, how can we use e-commerce to get people through each stage of the customer journey? I love that you did that. And I guess that comes from your background in pharmaceutical marketing, because I think often in that scenario, you found yourself going, well, just do some Google ads and (laughs) it'll all be okay. (laughs) And actually, you have to look at how do you replace all those elements? Because yes, you're giving a lot of margin to the retailers and the events are expensive, but they build the awareness. And when people are there looking at the product, that builds the interest and the desire. So you have to to replace those if you're going to do e-commerce successfully, which means more than just buying some Google ads. Absolutely. Uh, and and you know what? One of the things that I have most definitely learned along the way is that you can be really clever with um, digital marketing, you know, e- e-commerce marketing. You know, it, it's just the same thinking as any traditional marketing. And there are some really, really clever tools and techniques that, that you can do, but it's pretty basic. You know, it's thinking about who is your customer, where are they at in the customer journey and where do you want them to be? I think if you if you sort of narrow that down, you can be much more savvy and efficient with the types of communications, digital communications that you use. And it's such fun. I find find it like doing a Sudoku puzzle or something. (laughs) (laughs) I like like that. It is very much like doing a Sudoku puzzle. When when you've found the right things and you know what you're doing, it's like, yeah, we just get that right. And then it all comes together. So, So you sat down and you were working out your AIDA flow for online. What happened next? So we we started out sort of using some Google Ads. So we did put money into Google Ads, and we actually we used a, a lovely agency. I think you know Becky. Um, we used I do. Digital Gearbox, um, who's a local agency to us, and they're brilliant. They helped us work out how much to spend. Uh, we did some just plain banner ads. We did some shopping ads, and we did some remarketing ads, which. Um, we measured each of them. I forget now which one was working best, but Becky enabled us to sort of tweak the dial on the ones that were working such that we got you know, a good deal for our money. And for anyone listening, we were spending about £70 a month on ads. So, you know, not all that much really, you know, in the grand scheme of things compared to some of these markets and what you give the retailers. So, we did that. We then set up a whole email capture system. So, there's a pop-up on our website, you know, if you register to get emails, you get 10% off. That worked really well. We tried 15%, didn't make any difference. 10% seems to be fine. Oh, congrats for testing that because a lot of people just, just pick a number out the air and chuck it up. And um, so you're save, saving 5% of your margin thanks to that test. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, so obviously with the people that we capture on the website who may just be you know interested in browsing or looking at the pictures or what have you, obviously we can then capture them at gifting time. So be that Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, etc. And when we get new products, we can obviously communicate with those guys because they're at this sort of interest bit in the funnel. We also, um, because we're not just about selling stuff, we really have a passion to bring back the wildflower meadows because those are 97% of all our wildflower meadows, meadows have gone since the 1970s, which is so scary. And with them, all the bees and butterflies and hedgehogs and et cetera, et cetera. So we're on a mission to bring those back. So we give 10% of our profits to wildflower charities. But we thought, what else can we do? We wanted to give a sales promotion because that's the sort of classic bit at the end of the sales funnel to get people to actually 
tip over the edge between I quite like that and actually I'm going to buy it. So we bought some wildflower seeds, bee-friendly wildflower seeds, and we started giving them away with each orders. Uh, it was initially over £10. We had to change it to £12. Um, but now we give away a little pack of wildflower seeds with every order over £12. And it's fab because then, of course, we can post that into social media, you know, pictures People give us pictures of, oh, here's my flowers coming out. And, uh, oh, you know, this is Joe from the Wirral whose, whose flowers are starting to bloom. And here's a bee on them. And it, it it's just a really nice thing to be able to give away. And then we can feel good and sort of post that we've grown, <laughs> you know, I think we've grown about 500 mini meadows now since we've done this last year. That's um, brilliant. And, yeah. and I love, it's another thing which a lot of people overlook is the power of a free gift rather than free PMP. Yes. Because I'm going to take a rough punt that that creating an on-brand packet of wildflower seeds for people costs you a lot less than it costs you to post the orders. <laughs> well, actually it does, although we do give free PMP as well. And that is another thing that I would say, um, it was some advice that I was given from a woman who runs the Etsy local Etsy team around here. Um, and her top tip was give free PMP if you can. And again, that would be another top tip I'd give to an e-commerce business. I mean, if you're having to spend five pounds PMP on something that costs three pounds, that's not really worth it. But we're fortunate that our products post as large letters. So oh, nice. big difference, 96p versus £3.20. Um, so it's well worthwhile if you are. That was one of my husband's top tips is uh, when we made some gift packs, he's like, you've got to make them below 25 mil and they'll post as a large letter. Oh, that was such good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always, I mean, we are, we're being quite UK specific with a large letter here. So, But wherever you are in the world, knowing the weight breaks and the size breaks on postage pricing is gold dust for uh, for controlling your fees. But I just want to come back, come back to the, the free gift element because a free gift can have so much impact in say in getting generating sales and encouraging sales and then if you get the free gift right and it fits in with the business and the mission of the business you get all this kind of outpouring of excitement and interaction on the back end of it all definitely definitely and i think i was listening to um, one of your podcasts recently and the chat was talking about the importance of growing a brand rather than growing sales per se or rather grow the brand first and then the sales will follow rather than growing the sales and hoping the brand will follow. And and that was a real, whether it was planned, we were just lucky coming up with the idea, but it's so on brand for us. And I think if any business can can think of something that a giveaway that is really on brand that really helps you to communicate what it is that you're all about, then you're right. It can be more than just a, a freebie. It becomes, you know, part of the core bit of your brand. It's so in tune with with the B message. Yeah. So in tune that it, it, it makes an awful, awful lot of sense. So so congrats on, on doing the free gift. And it's really good to hear it's working for you too. So, uh, Julie, you, you got, we, we got, where did we get in the, in the mapping e-commerce onto AIDA? We, kind of, <laughs> we got as far as making sure they buy, didn't we, with, the, with it? Where, where were you going to, what were you going to, what, what other steps were you taking on your mission <laughs> to become, become e-commerce? So obviously the the various bits and pieces that we did with the adverts and the giveaways and um, 
social media as well has been a really useful feed in, I suppose, for getting mm-hmm. awareness and um, getting more people in. And we're actually talking to the agency who does the digital ads for us for maybe trialing some Facebook ads. I mean, I think that's one of the really nice things about digital communication and promotion as opposed to press is that it's a lot more measurable. It's much easier to run sort of local campaigns or targeted campaigns. And then if they work, you can turn the dial up. Um, I think that's one piece of advice that I would give people, you know, don't, don't just, don't just say, oh, let's fling some money at this, you know, work out what, who you're targeting, have a few different scenarios, test them out and then see which one works and which one you can, you know, put more money into. I think that's a, a really sensible thing to start doing, particularly if you've got small budgets. We, and I, th- I think a lot of people would have been, wow, you got Google Ads to work spending just £70 a month. And a lot of other people will be going, wow, you you increased your e-commerce sales five times in the last 12 months and you haven't yet used Google Ads, uh, used Facebook Ads rather. But I think, I think one of the joys of the digital marketing side of things is that you can start with very small budgets and test. And unlike the events you were going to, you can be here, we're recording this in June. You can be here in June, middle of June going, I think next month we should test Facebook ads and boom, you can do your best possible Facebook ads test next month. You're not booking the Blenheim gift fair 12 months in advance and committing or, you know, and and it's, and if those Facebook ads go live in July, you'll have learned a lot in July that you can then implement in August. It's not like you've, let's try a gift fair in, in Scotland and then discovered that didn't work. Or, or that it does work, but you've got to wait 12 months until you can do it again. Things happen a lot a lot more fast and the, the barrier to entry is a lot lower too. Well, the other thing as well that was really fortunate is that um, last, and it was, it was April, May, and for those people not in the UK, this is when we had a really significant shutdown here. And for some reason, Facebook became really cheap and we were contacted by a local agency saying, do you want to trial some Facebook ads? They're normally 20p pay-per-click. They're now 2p pay-per-click. <laughs> we were just like, oh, yeah, let's give it a go. <laughs> so we then tested and, okay, it was not a realistic test because obviously the budgets were going to be a lot less. But we were able to test various audiences on Facebook and, oh, my God, did that pay off? So we will put some more money into Facebook. And obviously, it's going to have a naught on the end of whatever we spend now because the pay-per-click rates were so low. But we, we were able to target really accurately which audiences resonated with our with our products, with our brand, and, and, and which ones didn't, which, again, you know, it was all measure, measure, measure. Um, but if you're doing it on small scale, you know, you can just – work out that you can turn the dial up. And, and if you if you know that the investment is going to pay off, you can invest confidently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they, it has been so great to test all these various different things last year because now we just know, right, okay, we need a bit more of that. Turn that dial up. Right, we'll turn that one down, turn that one up. And, you know, it becomes almost, um, almost a sort of scientific exercise. <laughs> Well, it is in so many ways. It's all about the ones and the zeros and how it all adds up and how it all comes together. But let's um, let's let's outline a little bit of um of the state of the business right now. So, uh, we've talked about the product. We talked about where you are. Are you still selling just in the UK, or are you selling further afield now? You've gone e-commerce. No, we only sell in the UK, and the main reason for that is that we are selling products with beeswax in, and there are some trade barriers to selling those products. And you know what? 
I cannot be bothered to fill out all the regulation <laughs> forms. And now we've done the Brexit thing and I'm not going to get political, but there are more forms to fill out. And, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to make a multi-billion pound company. We've set our sights that we want to get our turnover to 250,000. And in that, we can still be a family business, employ local people that we do at the moment. We can stay within the premises that we've got in our property um, and we don't have to move out. So we don't have any aspiration to sort of reach 50 million and sell. And, and I'm confident that if we wanted to, we could because Burt's Bees sold for, I think it was $996 million. Yeah. Personally, I think they paid over the odds, but, um, <laughs> but we, but we have, we have no desire for that. So actually we're kind of best kept secret. We want to keep within the UK. Sorry, sorry, American audience. We do get, we do get quite a lot of hits from Google and we do get um, requests, but I can't, I can't be doing with FDA. <laughs> But it's such a good thing to know, to know, right, this is where we're trying to get to. I suspect you could grow an awful lot bigger than a quarter of a million just on the UK audience. So why go through the hassle of making things complicated for you? Absolutely. You know, we have we have such fun at the moment. The products we make, we know are good. We get really good feedback. It's really fun making them. We're having fun on the e-commerce side of things, learning loads. It's so clever. I just find it fascinating. Um, you know, I don't want to be sitting in a, in a, in a my marble office <laughs> dictating to people <laughs> what to do. I'd far rather get my hands in and do it all myself. In fact, before I was talking to you, I was out collecting a bee swarm, <laughs> <laughs> which is partly why I didn't want you to see me on the video because my hair's all messy and I'm all a bit sticky. <laughs> Did you get that bee swarm? I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm just feeding them into their box. So we've got eighty thousand bees buzzing around the garden. The moment. Excellent. Oh, congratulations! Always a <laughs> always a big, always an important moment catching those swarms. <laughs> um, so, Julie, earlier on you mentioned that you'd had a very basic e-commerce website initially, and now it's a lot more telling the story, really selling the product, and all those those bits you've added into it. Did you make that change while sticking on the same platform or have you re-platformed as well in the last year? Yeah, good question. And we went through quite a lot of research to work that one out. We've basically stayed with the same platform. We did a lot of work on SEO and we didn't want to redo all that. So we kept the same it's in fact it's a it's a just a WordPress website that we've got. Nothing fancy. Really lovely pictures, nice imagery. It's got a uh, a few plugins in there. Any you fancy name checking? Do you know, I can't even remember which ones we've got on there. One of the things that I was told when I first started out on my own was if you think it's expensive getting a professional to do something, try getting an amateur. <laughs> and very early on, I worked out that actually I needed to get IT help. So one of the first, the first person that we contracted was a designer. The second person that we contracted was an IT person. Um, and both of those have been with us for the last four years. <laughs> so I basically say, Roger, I'd like the website to be able to do this for us, please. I'd like it to um, be able to coordinate with our Facebook ads. I'd like it to be able to send out emails via MailChimp for us, please. And he says, okay, I'll do that for you then. So we have one of the things that we did integrate with it quite early on, and we've built this a lot, is the whole uh, MailChimp backend. Mm -hmm. So we obviously capture people's emails, like I said, when we come on site and we give them a discount for subscribing. We then send a 
thank you for buying email. Um, and then a week later, we send a, we hope you've liked your purchase. If you'd like to leave us a review, please leave it here email. Six months later, we send them an email basically saying, would you like to order some more stuff? Here's our latest products. And then we send out, you know, various, it's Christmas. Would you like, here's our latest Christmas products, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that, yes, it's a good sales tool, but actually I think it's quite a nice way to sort of keep your customers um, attuned with what you're trying to do. You know, we send them nice stories about when we planted, we planted a wildflower meadow and we send them stories about that and pictures of the wildflower meadow. And our cat had kittens at the same time and we posted pictures of the kittens on the wildflower meadow. And um, so, yeah, I, that, that, that was definitely a, a good plug-in that we got there. Um, but, but I think going back to the website, one of the things that we also realized, uh, I think it was in about February time, we said we need a new website because we worked out that actually e-commerce was really working for us. I said it grew like fivefold in in the space of less than a year. And it was obvious that our website was not really enabling shopping as well. So we've changed the whole menu now such that you can shop by skin type or you can shop by gift or you can shop by body type. So you can say, you know, you want a shampoo or you want a soap or you can say, I'm looking for a gift under £10 or you can say, I've got sensitive skin or I've got dry skin or what have you. So you can shop in all sorts of various different ways. But we were able to just adapt the website that we had to a new website. And, you know, the fee we paid was very low thousands of pounds. And everything still works when you do that as well, because you're not playing around with the back end. There's not something you've forgotten that that somehow gets skipped off because it's still fundamentally the same website. Julie, I mentioned up, up front and you, you just reiterated that, that the sales went up fivefold in less than 12 months. The other key thing they did in that time was e-commerce went from a tiny percentage of overall sales to now 90% of overall sales. Yeah. As theoretically, we may be coming out of the world of lockdowns. What does the future, I guess, of Neves Bees look like? Are you going to be back at all those trade fairs or and doing all the wholesaling? Or is it now going to be more e-commerce first and just doing the best of the best of the other areas? Yeah, a really, really good question. And we've we've really thought about this ourselves. The short answer is we're going to be doing a bit of all of them, but we now have a very real reason for doing them. So we go to country fairs, the markets, because you get that one-on-one interaction with people and it's fab for trialing new products. So the way we develop new products now is we develop like a whole plethora of them, whereas we might have um, developed one and you know been really cagey about it. We might develop now three or four put them at a market show stand, you know, make a make couple of hundred of each. The ones that sell, we make more of. The ones that don't sell, we sell out the packaging and we don't make them anymore. And you can see, you can feel, you can hear, oh, I like this one. Oh, I don't like this one. Oh, this one smells not. Oh, I don't like the smell of this one. So it's really, really great feedback. And um, <laughs> we always liken it to a band like playing the playing the rough pubs around the corner before they play the stadium. So it, it's So we have markets to get market feedback, really. Um, And then in retail, we basically sell our lip balms to retail and because they're fairly small, fairly easily accessible products and they're easy to post out. Um, But what we found is once people see us in retail, they then go on the website and then we've got a whole range of products. So, So again, both the markets and retail 
we now use as a conduit to get people in that sales funnel such that they come online, we can then deliver them really good solid customer experience through the the way we mail products out. We can have um, communication with them through our our MailChimp and our emails. Um, We can hopefully get some kind of rapport with them via our social media. So again, we're seeing retail more as a way of raising awareness. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, Platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Whether you're just starting or are several years into e-commerce, it is a must-have tool for your business and I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash masterplan. That's helium com slash masterplan. Plan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, Julie, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, are you ready for the top tips? <laughs> I'll take that giggle as a yes. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, we'll start with the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So, Chloe, when you asked me, was I ready with these top tips, I lied a little bit. Now, (laughs) about about 10 years ago, I finished an MBA and I have not looked at a business book since. I have not even opened one. (laughs) But, But I did think long and hard about this question. And actually, do you know, the way I get my inspiration is by turning off my phone, ideally leaving it at home. And going for a really long walk, we live in the countryside, so I can go from my back door. But I just go and walk in the fields, in the forests, in the trees. Um, I've taken up wild swimming. So I sometimes walk with my bag, jump in the Thames and then swim back home again. And that's where I get my ideas and my inspiration. And, And you know what? I often find that if you are doing some kind of repetitive sport, like walking fast or running or swimming or what have you, if you have a, I wonder what I could do about that in your mind, I think your brain takes over and comes up with the best ideas. So my, my top tip on a book is use your own brain and, and your intuitions. Switch, switch off your conscious thought by doing something repetitive outside and then the best ideas come to you. That is such good advice. Okay, so the traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Blogging. 
somebody told me this. I know it was a friend who runs a site for promoting children's books. And she was like, you've got to write blogs. You've got to write blogs. They're really good. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And again, in the heart of lockdown, when I was like, okay, we really want to get this e-commerce working. I thought, you know what? I'll explore what my friend Georgia said. So I paid for a week's subscription for Ahrefs. I know other SEO things aren't available. And um, they were doing a free tutorial on how to find long tail keywords. That's it, isn't it? The four with the four words in it, yeah. um, SEO, um, and use the ones with a high volume and a low competition search terms to write blogs around it. And it sounds really, really manipulative, but oh my gosh, did it work. So we paid our seven pounds or whatever it was for the week, got the got the free seminars. And I got about 15 search terms that looked good. I then spent about three or four months writing really good blog posts, not just, you know, 300 words, but really proper ones with, you know, all those long tail keywords linked in, uh, woven into it with topics that I knew would be of interest to people. Nice pictures, um, all sorts of links to obviously to our website and to other good websites. Oh my gosh, that has been the best way of getting um, new traffic to our site and cost me seven pounds for an Ahref subscription for a week. So I would definitely recommend blogging to anybody. Excellent. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, again, I thought long and hard about this and I couldn't think of one because I suppose I don't really get involved in all the sort of techie stuff. So I could ask Roger, our ITB, what he uses. But I thought, actually, I might use this to plug another idea that I am now exploring, which is the whole affiliate marketing angle, Mm -hmm. which is something that increasingly I am starting to do. So again, I expect there's other people in the same situation as this. So I often get uh, small businesses saying, oh, can we buy some of your products so we can sell them online? And a year ago, I'd have gone, yeah, no problem. And then I saw a number of them selling my products out cheap with really crappy pictures and really (laughs) crappy descriptions. I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. And it suddenly occurred to me that actually it's a much better thing if they just um, post, they they basically sell it on my behalf and get an agent's commission effectively. They're acting as an agent. And then I... um, send the product out, dispatch it. We always write a personalized handwritten note with every product we send. So we keep in control of the customer uh, interface. We keep that communication with the customer. And then the seller, you know, gets a commission for each sale. Um, I then met another uh, chap who recommended me AWIN, which I think is the the big UK one who's Mm -hmm. doing small business promotion at the moment. So not exactly a cool little tool, but I think I would recommend anyone who is thinking of how to grow e-commerce to explore affiliate marketing for sure. Yeah, I love a bit of affiliate marketing and I think it's been underutilized by people over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think so, you're right. So I will we'll let you we'll let you twist the tool into an affiliate platform. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, Julie, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1000, what would be your number one tip for them? 
and again, I do I do have an answer for this one. And again, this is really relevant to us because we I know we are selling around about um, well actually at the moment we sell about 120 uh, orders a month, but at Christmas it goes up to six or seven hundred a month. And I know that because we've just got our post office um, business account. We have to have a thousand orders. Um, mm-hmm. So my top tip is is branding, grow the brand, stick with it. Small wins, every little helps. Don't assume the one big thing is going to change it all. It might do, but actually it's the lots of little wins, I think, that that gets you there. We've been on telly a few times and the first time we got on telly and it was a proper segment on the news and we were like, yeah, this is it. We're made. You know, we can sit back and watch the millions roll in. You get a blip. You know, I think we got about 20 orders. <laughs> Lovely. We got some followers. And I was a bit disappointed, if I'm honest. Now we've had that a few times, but actually you just know that all those little things help. The, the link that you get, the backlink to somebody's website, the things like doing this podcast, um, you know, we'll get a few more followers, a few more people will, will look at us. And I think, you know, don't, don't give up, just stick with it. Um, you don't have to be the best thing since sliced bread, but you have to, you have to have something that your audience is prepared to partake of their hard-earned cash to buy. And I think if you've got that, you're on a winner. Just stick with it. Um, My my mantra for the year that we decided that we were going to do this a bit more properly was JFDI. I don't want to be rude, but just do it. (laughs) That would be my top tip. (laughs) It is all those small things. They do add up, even if even if that initial blip is disappointing, it has impact down the line. So I, I love that as the growth top tip. Thank you, Julie. Now, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? So maybe we can create another small blip. Thank you. So our website is www.nevesbees.co.uk. So that's N-E-V-E-B-E-E-S, Nevesbees. Uh, social media, we are at Neebsbees and we post regularly on Insta, Facebook, um, Twitter. And we always try and post every other day, we post a bee fact. So something interesting um, about what bees are doing. Like, did you know it's only the female bee that stings? It's always a nice one. And I think you said um, if there's any offers, we do. We are still running our wildflower seeds offer. We try and run it all throughout the growing season. So with every order on our website of £12 or more, we will include a little pack of bee-friendly wildflower seeds that you can just sprinkle in your window box or your garden or if you don't have one, just in the corner of the park. I love it. Thank you, Julie. It's been a pleasure finding out how how your business has changed over the last 12 months. And I, I just know everyone's learned a lot from this one. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Chloe. How much clever stuff did Julie just take us through there? It never fails to enthrall me, I suppose, how much adversity and constriction can lead us to focus in on what truly matters. And that's clearly what she's done over the last 12, 18 months from the lockdown impact of, oh my gosh, uh, 90% of my sales have just disappeared, through getting really focused on how to go about that e-commerce piece, through to that that kind of last bit she was talking about with how, um, or the last bit before the top tip she was talking about with how 
she's still going to be doing events and she's still going to sell with retailers. But in each case, there's a really clear reason why. And it's not just increased turnover in sales. It's in the case of the retailers, because uh, they only sell lip balms via the retail network. And people buy the lip balm and then come onto the website to explore the rest of the range. Simple as that. And then on the events they're going to, they're not going to go to many, but they're going to go to them and use them as product testing experiences. And how many times on this podcast have we talked about if you've got a new product idea to take it out and get it in front of people to see what, what they actually think about it? Um, so I thought thought that amongst many other clever pieces of advice um, there from, from Julie. Now you can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links to what we mentioned and much, much more by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you like this episode, then you make sure you check out our recent episode with um, Sue from Gift Biz Unwrapped because she was, or I think we, we've, we put her up as the ribbon print company, but she also runs the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast because if you are someone who does a lot of those events and everything else, she coaches businesses like that on how to adapt to the e-commerce and online selling space and how to do do events better too. But she shared a lot of great tips that really align with what Julie was talking about today. Um, and if you really liked her traffic top tip about blogging, then we shared a, a kind of similar blogging strategy with Adam Bastock on the Keep Optimising podcast um, during our SEO month very, very recently. So just a couple of weeks ago. So you can go and grab that one too. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. As you probably know by now, or maybe you're hearing this for the first time, but I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I would love to help them as well. I hope you're having a great week and don't forget to keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.